Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. It is the Advertising Show, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, and we're being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit online at adage.com. Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production, and uh, we've got a special guest this hour. He's out of Seattle this weekend. His name is Chuck Nyron, an award-winning copywriter and advertising and marketing video producer, and also author of the book Advertising to Baby Boomers. So if you're a baby boomer, I am. That means I'm old. Um, <laughs> we, it'll be uh, it'll be an interesting couple of hours here. Also got Patrick Meyer and uh, Jeffrey Ginnemer is with us. Um, Andy Borowitz too, and a wacky world of marketing as well. Something about newspaper ads. Newspaper ads have a tough enough time being credible these days. So now they've just lost a notch here. So we'll tell you about mm-hmm. that a little bit later on. So how are you doing today? Good. Speaking of baby boomers, what is your uh, favorite uh, brand of preference of uh, Depends, Ray? The super absorbent, actually, uh, especially around Super Bowl. Super season, absorbent menthol, no, or wintergreen. <laughs> you know, I had a chance to talk to. Chuck what about a few you, days Brad? Ago. Well, I I go with the all natural. It's uh, it's the a biodegradable. You don't wear any. <laughs> I get a credit. I get a uh, tax credit by going with the all natural. It goes yeah. with my uh, yeah. my new hybrid vehicle. I see. Okay, good for you. Actually. You know, with the hybrid vehicles, they're thinking about just putting a, a extra special absorbent seat in there for the older people that I like that. That's a good idea. Like sponge, basically. Yeah, that's we had a chance idea. to talk with uh, Chuck uh, earlier this week. It should be an interesting show. A lot of people. Well, uh, it better uh, be. I mean, if not, it's, we won't have him back. You know. Well, what can yeah. I say? If it's not, it's Chuck's fault, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. See, Chuck's sitting there going, "Oh man, I hope I'm going to be good. I hope <laughs> I got all the right answers." He is in the green room. Well, sort of. We they had it painted this week. It's blue. Yeah. yeah, it's not blue. And, you know, he requested some strange and unusual uh, special uh, things to be in the green room for You're his sure you want to go today. there? Okay. Yeah? Well, no, and, I don't. And they were? No, I don't. <laughs> okay, I don't good. want to go there. There you All go. Right. Hey, did you have you seen the new Target uh, spots? Uh, the Sir Mix-a-Lot, Baby Got Back. Uh, remember that song? That was a, mm-hmm. a fine song. Yeah. Now it's Baby Got Backpack. Um, <laughs> they do for the Target. It's a great commercial, too. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so I'm, is, Kirsch, is Kirschenbaum still uh, handling Target? Yeah. Kirschenbaum Bond and Partners out of New York. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. It, they won't, they Richard, won't be if this isn't successful. That's for true. sure. They had uh, we had Richard Kirschenbaum on the show what a year or two ago, and mm-hmm. uh, I got to tell you, I, I'm like you, right? Target does a great job of not only uh, uh, branding the the uh, store and has done a great job in, in making people feel more. Uh, ease with going to a Target where it used to be just be a discount, you know, kind of, I don't know, what would you say? It's kind of, it was kind of a discount, sleazy kind of store. And now it's, you know, got a lot of quality brands that they uh, stock in the in the uh, store, and it's uh, appealing to a much uh, higher level, higher quality consumer. But what I like about the uh, campaigns that I see, mm-hmm. and you know this, Ray, the uh, co-op that they do, they'll feature particular national brands, and so as, the, as a result, the national brands are supporting the uh, ads through funding, and uh, the, yet they continue to promote uh, the, the, the uh, target uh, brand. So yeah, it's, an, it's incredible, uh, incredible spots, great creative, and the store supports the creative as well. It's a good mm-hmm. place to go shop. 
Not a bad right. deal. Not a bad deal at all. Uh, all right, uh, let's see. We've got to, we're breaking a little bit early here. We got yeah, we got about five minutes. Uh, I'm going to ask you uh, five things here, and I'm gonna, these are the top five slogans, advertising slogans since 1948. Mm. Okay. Mm. And uh, let's see. I wasn't uh, around then, but we'll try. Mm-hmm. Well, you were close, pal. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's see. It's an insurance company, and uh, that's this is the number five one. Can you tell me Prudential. Uh, Prudential. Uh, give me no. Give me the slogan here. Oh, the slogan. Give me the slogan. Uh, no, it's big, not uh, Prudential. It's, uh, it's not progressive. No. <laughs> let's try it this way. We'll we'll go to number five. I'll give you. You're How about in good. You name it. You're in good hands with Allstate. Now, no, no, no I'm going to go. Uh, okay, this is Wendy's, and the slogan is Brad. Uh, you deserve extra fingers today. Wendy's. Wendy's. No, that wouldn't be. Uh, where uh, is the Wendy's? Is I, I really don't know. I where, lost okay. track of where's the beef. Where's the beef? Where's the beef? That's still their camp. Their slogan. No, they're saying that this is the top I five slogans you. of ever. Of ever. I, uh, the the you. brand is Nike, and what is their slogan? It is just do it. Just do it right. Uh, yeah. American Express. Uh, let's see. That would be. Uh, um, Starts with you a deserve a break today. Don't leave no, home. No, uh, don't leave home without it. Okay. Yeah. And the, mm-hmm. the last one is a beverage that comes from cows. Got milk. You got it. Okay, that's number yeah. one. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And which uh, is the most ripped off can- uh, slogan yeah, in don't the you world? Hate that? <laughs> I really do. It irritates the hell out of me. <laughs> I understand. You know, understand. got this, got that. Hey, what? guess what? We got Patrick. Yuck. No, that's not good. Patrick Meyer is here on the Advertising Show. Let's uh, check in with Patrick right now. Welcome to Understanding the Future Now. It's the Marketing Insider featuring Patrick Meyer. So what I'm going to share with you today is a survey that we did with CMOs, and one of the questions we asked was about brands that were now versus not now. Here are the top ten now brands. Apple iPod, Starbucks, Google, Nike, JetBlue, Mini Cooper, Target, Dell, Red Bull, and Virgin. In contrast, here are the not now brands AT&T, Coke, Levi's, McDonald's, Burger King, Campbell's Soup, Buick, Kodak, and Kraft Foods. Think about the contrast between those two groups of brands. One is focused on innovation, progressive ways to touch the consumer, word of mouth, mythology. The other group is largely about big spending, traditional spending, big agencies. Starbucks received $34 million in measured media last year, compared with Coke Classics, $108 million. Mini Cooper received $22 million versus Buick's $183 million. Google received a grand total of $2.4 million, compared with AT&T's excess of $928 million. The key issue here is that it's not about spending, it's about how you go to market. If your brand's not now, you need to do a couple things. So number one, start with fresh, deeper, more immersive insights that unlock what they want. Second, build into your product, to your service, what will surprise and delight them. Third, understand how to connect to them in their world. And then lastly, you need to make sure that your own organization understands where the now consumer is, where they're going, and how to build now brands and businesses. You've been listening to The Marketing Insider, heard every week here on The Advertising Show. Join us next week for more insight into the future of marketing. This is Patrick Meyer, CEO of Now, and remember, the marketing revolution has begun. For more, go to nowinc.net. It's the Advertising Show with Ray Zillins and Brad Forsyth. Chuck Nyron is going to be joining us here in uh, just a few minutes. Chuck is an award-winning copywriter, 
and an advertising marketing video producer. Through the years, he's written copy and or been a creative strategist from Microsoft. Various international professional audio companies, many of Seattle-based ad agencies and companies, and numerous television and radio stations from coast to coast. Clearly, Chuck cannot hold a job, Brad. Chuck has won three international competition Cindy Awards, Cinema and Industry, uh, two gold and one silver. And uh, Chuck has been interviewed by the New York Times, the L.A. Times, CBS Market Watch, and many other newspapers, magazines, and radio shows worldwide. But today is very special for Chuck because this is the only one that has made sense for him to come on. <laughs> yeah, okay? true. All the other ones, you know, pale in comparison. True. So it's good to have Chuck uh, Chuck on the show, by the way. You know, uh, yes, it is. And, and uh, which would you say, if you were talking about got milk, what if I were to say got nose? Got nose? Yeah, it would be Michael Jackson, right? <laughs> got no nose. <laughs> yeah, got a new nose. Got cartilage. Nope, exactly. Don't have that. I don't know if you've heard about this, Ray, but Michael Jackson has just sold his first post-trial. Was that? Does he sneeze ever? I wonder. Do you know? That well, could be dangerous. He sneezed in his old nose once. It was kept in a box. <laughs> anyway, Michael Jackson has uh, sold his first post-trial story to the U.S. Uh, version of Britain's OK magazine for a whopping, are you ready for this, $2 yeah. million. Dollars, wow. Uh, now living in Bahrain uh, with his three re- remarkably light-skinned children, Jackson is uh, given exclusive uh, interview to this particular publication. That's good. Well, he's got to pay for so his lawyers, too. Go pick one up. Okie dokie. Pick one. I get it. Chuck Nyron <laughs> on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Back in just a minute. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Look sharp, feel sharp, be sharp and listen, mister. How are you fixed for blades? Do you have blades? How are you fixed for blades? You better check. And those classic razors are uh, coming back, Brad. Uh, yeah. You know, we both sport facial hair. And other parts of our body also have hair, True. but that's fine. But no, they've got those really cool. They've got those really cool um, old types of razors that our our parents would use. Uh, the single know, in the blade. 50s. Yeah, and they're not cheap anymore. Uh, there's a hmm. shop uh, that sells them like seventy bucks for a razor. Get <laughs> it's out. Like, no, I'm not. It's true. Throw that away, will you? Uh, I, I would actually love one of those. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, Chuck Nyron is our special guest, Chuck out of Seattle. We told you all about Chuck just a few minutes ago. What we didn't tell you, he's also the author of a new book called Advertising to Baby Boomers, and we'll tell you more about that, and you'll find out more as we go through the show. Hey, Chuck, uh, good to have you here. Welcome to the Advertising Show. Oh, this is a treat for me because I've, I've listened to your show for a couple of years. Wow. And it's like a big box of Viagra for me being on this show. Big box of Viagra, huh? We're we're both uh, wearing... I'm excited. We're wearing protective equipment from this end, just to let you know. Yeah, right. Exactly. Feel feel free to express yourself. Yeah, Chuck, uh, thank you again. Uh, Ray and I both have been excited, looking forward to this show, and and, uh, you've got a lot of great wisdom to impart to our audience today about baby boomers. Let's let's start with the easy one, which is uh, uh, give us the central hypothesis for your book, Advertising to Baby Boomers. Well, this doesn't start with me. Maybe perhaps the advertising part starts, but this goes back to probably 1990 when a 
couple of people wrote some books, a fellow named Ken Dykewald. I think you had Maddie Dykewald on your show a mm-hmm. while ago. Right. Yep. And another guy named David Wolf. Now, I didn't know anything about this. I was writing about uh, baby boomers since 1996 on the web and sort of became an unauthorized expert on baby boomers. And through all this, I was working in advertising, but I never connected the two. Um, but So I wasn't really thinking about this stuff. Uh, three years ago... I get an email from a guy named Brent Green, and he says, Dear Mr. Nyron, I'd like to send you my book to review. I was reviewing books about baby boomers, and it's called Marketing to Leading Edge Baby Boomers. And I said, well, I should read this book whether I review it or not, so why not get a free copy? The book was really opened my eyes to the fact that uh, baby boomers, the demographic, has moved out of that... 19 to 35 demographic and has taken the money with them and marketers and advertisers have not been uh, targeting them and I think it is to the detriment of the advertising industry but even more importantly it's a detriment to their clients so I wrote a book and I, it's interesting I'm, I am just thrilled to be on your show but well, it's like we're thr- it, it, it's like, We're thrilled to have you, uh, and seriously, Chuck. And let's get some of these uh, stats out of the way real quick for those that may not be aware. What, what, what's the age group, not age, but when would you be born between what years and what years to qualify as a baby boomer? 40, well, that's originally it was 46 to 64. I'm going to stick with that, although hmm. I'm not a stickler. Uh, the, uh, actually, the ba- uh, uh, the uh, birth rate started to go up in about 1943, mm-hmm. and it started to sort of go down a little bit before 64. Right. But um, that's basically what we're talking about. So you, b- both you two fall into that demographic. That's right. Yes. Uh, right. And we Don't were get any more about... specific. I won't ask. No. Well, uh, we're, you know, if you're breathing, uh, we're all for it if you're still breathing. That's true. And you can check the obituaries and your name isn't there. You, you, you know, you mentioned the other book, uh, Marketing to Leading Edge Baby Boomers. Right, okay. I'm, curi- I'm curious, is it not enough to just target the broad uh, demo of, of baby boomers, or is there consumer data out that suggests that uh, baby boomers can be segmented in, in, in consumer behavior, et cetera? I'm not a marketing person. I'm, I'm an advertising person, and I don't have mm-hmm. these things right at me. But there are some people who think that you could, because you know, you can take cohorts and break them down into right. uh, any way you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, leading edge baby boomers are uh, considered the ones born between 46 and 54. Mm. Okay, uh, and then 55 to 64 are the. I don't know what we call them, trailing edge. But, uh, you know, my all this stuff has been done, and I wanted to take it to sort of the next step and talk about, you know, how to reach these people. And mm-hmm. I tried not to be too pedantic about it, and I tried to really ask more questions and kind of get the ball rolling in this book. It's not a, you know, you read the book. It's not something that, uh, it's not like I'm setting myself as some guru to, uh, to tell you exactly how to reach this demographic. But I think it should be talked about. And uh, if I were 
If I were uh, uh, a host of, if I were a real pain in the neck guest, I would turn this whole show around and interview you two because you two are baby boomers, and I want to know what you think about it. Well, Ray, are you game? Oh, I'll go for that. That's fine. Yeah. Well, we we'll save that for next segment. You, uh, how much time do we have left here, Ray? Oh, it could be a couple of minutes, possibly. Yeah. So. Uh, okay. Uh, Talk you know, away, Brad. You mentioned, yeah, thank you. Well, you mentioned that you're uh, an ad guy, and you, you have an interesting background in that uh, we've done some digging here, and we know that you're, you have some family uh, background beyond yourself that uh, goes generational with regard to advertising. A Madison Avenue baby. Wow. Uh, my grandfather on my mother's side, Sid Schwinn, was one of the top advertising men uh, in the, well, let's see, not really in the, yeah, in the late 20s through the, Fifties, uh, I would say. He was a mentor to Ross Reeves. He's mentioned in lots of advertising tomes. He um, worked on the Dodge Dependability campaign, and he was a real character. He died young. I knew him. He died when I was twelve, but I remember this guy, hmm. and he was a fascinating character. Um, and he wrote a in- book. And influence I'm, you influence you in getting into advertising? Well, I, well, well I haven't stopped. Well, hold on. I'm getting ahead of myself. His daughter, my mother, was a copywriter. She uh, married my father, oddly enough, and, and Sid brought him into the business, and he ended up as vice president of programming for Dancer Fitzgerald and Sample back in the 50s and 60s, which was a major agency back then. And you say your mother, oddly enough, married your father. Well, I mean, I, in Did she have a better choice? In other words, my father probably wouldn't have gotten into <laughs> advertising had it not been for Sid, and then he became uh, very successful. Yeah. So I grew up all around this, and, you know, I was... Uh, you know, I had ambivalent feelings, and I've been in and out of advertising. And uh, lately, I've been mostly in it, which is, and it's been a lot of fun, and I'm glad. But you know, when you're 20 years old, you're a rebel, and so I had to re- rebel against something that was probably would have done me better good than it did. Hey, uh, Chuck, we're gonna have to take a break here on the advertising show. It's Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth, back with. Uh, more of uh, Chuck Nyron on uh, the advertising show, and a whole bunch more to come next hour as well. So stick around. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. We here at the ad agency feel this commercial is provocative, motivating, and really classroom. Now, what do you think, sir? Only one shoe? Porsche makes over 256 different styles. Show them all! Big, big! <laughs> what about the craftsmanship? Even our laces are better. Have they shoes? Oh, oh, well, 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 why don't we show a huge centipede wearing all the floor shine shoes? There's a classic spot, uh, floor shine shoes, and no, that's not exactly the way it happens all the time. Sometimes it does, though. Hey, before we get back to our interview with uh, Chuck Nyron here out of Seattle this weekend, uh, I want to check in with Jeffrey Ginnimer real quick. And uh, Jeffrey has this one little word that he uh, uh, he likes to use in his uh, you know his programs and such, and it's called grandma. If you've not heard this, it's worth listening to right now. 
Quick Takes on Sales and Customer Relations with Jeffrey Gittimer, nationally syndicated columnist in the network of city business journals and other great publications worldwide. If you're offended by common sense commentary, don't you dare listen. Now, here's Jeffrey. How do your customers feel about the way you talk to them? That's a pretty important question because it determines what they say about you after the transaction is over. Well, your problems are over because I've discovered a miracle method that works every time. Here's how to test the way you talk to a customer. A surefire way to determine how what you say will sound to the customer before you say it. A way to test your talk, so to speak. Here it is. Put grandma at the end of everything you say. What? Every time you speak to a customer, end it with grandma. If it sounds like something you would say to your grandmother or your grandmother would want to hear, then say it. If not, don't. How would this sound? Sorry, we're closed, grandma. Next, grandma. What's this in reference to, grandma? That's our policy, grandma. You get it? This is the best real-world self-test I've ever found. Get real, baby. If you wouldn't say it to your grandma, why would you say it to your customer? Quick takes on sales and customer relations from The Advertising Show, the only radio show in America featuring Jeffrey Gittimer as a regular weekly guest. To learn more about his books, tapes, CDs, and speaking engagements, log on to Gittimer.com, G-I-T-O-M-E-R.com. And tune in next week when we'll hear Jeffrey say, This is Jeffrey Gittimer, reminding you that if no one responds to your ad, it may be because your ad sucks. You know, I want to play that, uh, I want to play that for so many uh, businesses that we deal with from time to time. It's mm. like, oh, here, listen to this. Right. Idiot. Anyway, uh, that's, that's Jeffrey's two cents. Actually, it's a nickel's worth, I guess. And we have uh, Chuck uh, Nyron with us out of Seattle, uh, author of Advertising to Baby Boomers. Chuck, welcome back to The Advertising Show. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I guess a grandmother, Ray, now could be uh, a baby boomer, right? Well, it's very true. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Hey, Grandma, can I borrow your bong? I mean, you know, depending on what era they came from. But, uh, you know, according to a USA Today article, 86% of top executives, uh, Chuck, are over the age of 40. 57% are over 50. And so uh, if, if, if C- CMOs, uh, Chuck, and art directors at major ad agencies are middle-aged, wh- why all this lack of respect for advertising to their own age group, the baby boomer? Um. I don't want to answer. I don't want to talk about the CEOs. I don't know what their story is. Um, I, I I think that um, I think that the people who are in advertising mostly are younger. Uh, there are some art directors. There are some creative directors who are older. Okay, our age, maybe a little younger. Uh, there are some uh, advertising medium-sized to small advertising agencies that have people that are older, but they're in the mindset. And that mindset started, uh, you know, it was our fault. I mean, we, it wasn't our fault, but we didn't know what the consequences would be. Mm-hmm. We skewed everything to a younger demographic because we were so big and self-important, and we did a really good job at it. The problem is that we taught the people that followed us a little too well, and uh, I think that even if you are in your 50s and you're a creative director you're still looking back over your shoulder at 25 year olds and you uh, can't 
get out of that, and you're, you're, you're not really looking at where the money is, which is uh, the uh, people who are over 45 and 45 to 65. You, and you they're, a, being, they're being ignored, and uh, I think it's a big mistake, and a lot of people have come to that conclusion. They just don't know what to do about it. I mean, look, at the Eddie, a, look at the Eddie Awards presentation, too, Brad. I mean, look, mm-hmm. at, look at the folks who were winning those awards. Those people, people were half our age. Right. right. That's, that's very young, by the way. Well, well Chuck, let me ask you, how, how often, do you have a sense for how often baby boomers are being passed up for Generation X and Y markets? I mean, do you have a, do you have a, a number to the, or some feel for that? It's just, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the numbers stuff because that's all been done before. But there are... This is just, I mean, I, it's not like a cop-out, but it's just common knowledge. I mean, the, if baby boomers are not being targeted and they're watching commercials and they read magazines and they're passing over the ads and they buy products anyway, but they're not being targeted. And a lot of them, even though this sounds sort of selfish, I don't really think it's selfish. A lot of them are just turned off by a lot of the ads and they they don't pay any attention to advertising anymore and they buy products but they don't necessarily buy your products mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the uh, excuses advertising agencies give to their clients about why they don't target advertisers it's because well, they buy products anyway. Yeah, they do, but they don't buy your product. Uh, so, you know, they, they they spread out and they buy whatever they want, and they're not they're not uh, targeted. Well, you you anticipated my next question, which was uh, sharing, uh, getting away from numbers and get more subjective here. Just you know, giving us some excuses about why ad agencies uh, do not target baby boomers. Let, let's talk a little bit about some of the stereotypes about baby boomers. Uh, what, what are you hearing in the trenches when you're out there talking to ad agency and, and advertising people? Okay, uh, let me step back for a minute. You know, you, I, you know, I, I have, I'm, I'm mentioning this only to make a comparison, okay? I write fiction. And when I write fiction, and I, you know, I've been published here and there, and uh, J.K. Rowling and John Irving are not looking over their shoulders. <laughs> but uh, but uh, when I write fiction, I don't censor myself. I write whatever I want to write. And, and uh, I can be very caustic uh, with, with my fiction, and I can make fun of myself, and I can make fun of the people around me. And if you read my fiction, you would think that... Um, you know, you know that I was a caustic baby boomer, okay? However, what happens is that, is that that creativity I can bring over into advertising, but you don't bring over the negative stereotypes, and you don't say negative things about your target market. Mm-hmm. Um, 30-year-olds, and when I was, you know, 20-year-old, I, when I was... In my 20s, I remember making fun of people who were older and not really understanding them. You know, it was a, it's like the, it's what I call the Geritol syndrome. And so what else is new, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, so getting back to your question, ask it one more time so I can re- reframe it. Well, I've forgotten it already. No, <laughs> the, uh, the, the question was some of the uh, stereotypes. Yeah, All right, okay. Oh, so, in other words, yeah. they don't have anything else <laughs> yeah. to work for. They don't have anything else to work from except for these stereotypes of older people. Right. And uh, they, 
alien, not only do they not target baby boomers, but they end up alienating a lot of older baby boomers to specific products. Uh, the, uh, I remember, uh, Brent Green talks about this one. I'm going to bring it up because it's the most obvious one, okay? But he talks about the Pepsi commercial where these kids are like at the, at the concert and, and their parents are there. They see their parents and their parents are acting like morons and, uh, and, uh, jumping into mosh pits. And it just isn't true. I mean, you know, so, so what you're doing there is you're alienating Older people who know full well that they don't act like that. That doesn't mean they don't, you know, they don't get excited when they see uh, an old Tom rock Jones. actor. They go and see them, but mm -hmm. they don't, you know. Th there's a small percentage of people, obviously, in every generation who are a bit immature. But right. that's just the small thing. And the stereotyping, look at you guys. I mean, you guys are in advertising. You've already said how old you are. You said mm -hmm. half the people, uh, you, you said all the people that won all the awards were half your age. Mm -hmm. um, half raise age. Yeah, I'm sorry, half raise age. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh. Don't confuse him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, this show you do, uh, the advertising show, it isn't co-hosted by Gramps and Gramps, is it? It's true. No. It true. may be hosted by Gramps and Gramps. I do not know. We but, tried to get them on. They were busy. Right. But my, but that's my point. My point oh. is, is that you, is that you, uh, you don't act. Yeah, we don't. Our generation is. You're, we're as old. We're as old as we act, basically. Hey, Chuck, we got to take another break here. Lucky, we've got uh, Chuck back for uh, hour number two here on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. On the way, it's the advertising showcase and a whole bunch more. So stay with us. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. Nobody can call George Whipple an old fuddy-duddy. This new sign is right up with the time. Maybe this will stop the ladies from squeezing Charmin bathroom tissue. Please don't squeeze the Charmin. Indeed. As if that could make me resist Charmin's cushiony, soft texture. So squeezably soft. We have uh, the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and uh, George Whipple uh, hunting in the toilet paper aisle for his... <laughs> Uh, for his Charmin and asking us not to squeeze it. Right. Uh, it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and uh, the uh, the captivating Chuck Nyron uh, is mm -hmm. going to be back with us next hour. Uh, advertising to baby boomers, real interesting concepts, too. And it's really uh, what he says makes a lot of sense, too. We you know, have. Uh, uh, go I was going to mention next hour, Ray, we're going to get into some how to nuts and bolts uh, marketing and advertising advice from Chuck because he does have a lot to say about, you know, media habits and how to reach. Uh, baby boomers, we we kind of hit a broad scope there this past uh, few segments, but we're going to get into some really uh, specific stuff. For example, Madonna built mm -hmm. her entire career on you know being down in the gutter. Now she's you know a follower of the Kabbalah. What's going on there? And she's a baby boomer. Yeah, she is. Mick Jagger, health nut. Who would have ever thought you'd say that? <laughs> Mick Jagger, health, health nut. Health nut. Jagger. <laughs> right. I wonder right. if Keith Richards drinks light beer. I mean, you know, these are all. Uh, you know, Captivating ideas. Filtered cigarettes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Light cigarettes. Yeah. Hey, you were in the Gap this week. You told me you got your favorite pair of uh, Gap jeans. Uh, that's where you shop for your Gap jeans. Knickerbockers. The Knickerbockers, okay. <laughs> 
The Gap is doing something cool with iTunes. Uh, they're doing it through the end of the month. Uh, every customer tries on any pair of Gap's new jean fits. Uh, three new fits for women, one for men. That would be yours. Uh, we'll get a complimentary song from Apple iTunes Music Store. And that's a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's a buck. It costs, well, 99 cents. Well, so. at least they're doing something different other than giving away an iPod, which everybody was on for the past several months. Now they're right. giving tunes away, which is actually a good idea. I think it's a great idea. There, there's know, a, you, there's another one. That, women's, uh, if you buy women's jeans at uh, The Gap, a little more room. <laughs> A little more room, a little yeah. less room, actually. You got to shop, stop, and <laughs> stop shopping in that department. Just not That's good. That's true. Every week we look at the upside and the downside of advertising. It's been bad uh, for the past couple of weeks. It's kind of like uh, well, hurricane season. Okay, yeah. this week it's good. So here we go. And now it's time for the advertising show's advertising showcase, an outstanding example of on-target advertising for the good stuff. Here's Ray and Brad. So what do we got this week? Well, it's uh, from Ogilvy Mather, New York. Uh, I wonder if Chuck uh, Chuck's grandfather knew David Ogilvy. Probably. Probably so. Uh, CD copywriter Greg Ketchum, copywriter David Black, uh, art directors. Uh, well, we, we could go on and on, but th- we like to name the names when we're doing something positive. It's a uh, campaign that was created by Motorola. We're going to feature one particular spot, Strip Tease. It was a TV spot. And if you have not seen this, uh, you will, hopefully, because it is an outstanding spot, Ray. The, the spot opens with... Uh, pulsating drums and bass guitar music as we see a close-up of a woman in her living room leaning towards the lens as she blows a kiss at the camera, and she's basically beginning to do a strip tease, which gets my attention. I don't know about you, Ray. Mm -hmm. The the, the spot then cuts to a, a young man in a conference room holding his cell phone close to his face as he's viewing this young lady on the other end doing her dance as the woman continues to uh, remove her clothing. She's now down to, let's just say, a lot less. Uh, we, we see a young, we see the young man hurriedly uh, closing the cell phone as he kind of leans back in his chair and pretending like he's just sitting there because it's a reaction to a, an older businessman uh, entering the conference room. And he sits down next to the young man. The young, young guy says, uh, your wife called. And the businessman replies, oh. And he grabs his cell phone. And the screen now shows the Motorola picture phone featured in the spot and the copy line, the new Moto E815. Uh, next, we see the website listing, Motorola.com, and the E815 phone spinning on the screen. And the spot ends with the Motorola logo and copy line, Seamless Mobility Here, and the audio branding tag, uh, Moto, uh, Hello Moto. What, what, what I like about this spot is pretty much everything, Ray. It, it's, it's not only funny, but it keeps the viewer's attention with... Uh, shall we say, sexual tension and, and, and surprise. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know a lot about sexual tension, Ray. You've built an entire career on that. It, it, it uh, keeps, the, uh, keeps the product involved with the uh, storyline. <laughs> papaya juice. That's true. Okay. The, uh, the storyline is, is very much interwoven with the, uh, uh, the product here. It, it, it demos the product uh, on, uh, in the spot, and, it, uh, and the spot I thought was uh, brilliant in that it appeals both to the young executive as well as the 40- to 50-year-olds by featuring both of these uh, age groups as key characters in this particular spot. And, of course, it's uh, mem- memorable as well. The, 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 the thing I really like about it, and if you've seen this, Ray, you know this, the Hello Moto audio branding element that they have at the end of the spot, and I've seen this uh, element on other uh, Motorola spots, is really a great uh, a great way to kind of end on a memorable uh, audio element to connect your uh, connect your brand to an audio 
component, not unlike uh, many advertisers do today. And, of course, the uh, sex appeal of the spot, I guess they're appealing to a male, a high male uh, demographic there, or they would be, you know, well, I guess they could be a- appealing to female nowadays, mm-hmm. uh, nowadays, trend looking for new techniques there. But anyway, it's a great spot, and if you haven't seen it, uh, I hope you, you get a chance to, to see it because it's an outstanding example of how to create a, an engaging commercial. And congratulations to uh, Ogilvy & Mather, New York, Motorola for this week's Advertisers Showcase Item of the Week. And congratulations to Motorola for allowing an ad agency like Ogilvy Mather to create an outstanding spot like that. Have you seen the the new Al Gore television or talk? I've heard about it. I haven't seen the channel. I've heard about it. I'd love to tune it in, but I think it's a subscription deal. Yeah, I think it is too. I was. Um, it's, it's called carried by mine. Yeah, current TV. I haven't seen any promos or anything about it. Have you? No, I haven't seen it. Either. I just saw the news uh, press press uh, conference that he had, which okay. was uh, you know all over the TV. Oh, it's satellite. Okay, okay. Uh, it is satellite. Yeah, yeah. Gore oh. and his uh, fellow investors envision current as a sounding board for young people and a step beyond traditional notions of interactivity. Oh, hmm. that's a mission statement. They want viewers to contribute much of the network's content now that quality video equipment is widely available. How very interesting. So this is kind of, on, kind of like a next-generation NPR, I guess. Right? Well, he's got a good idea. I think he's got a good idea. I don't know if they can execute now. And, of course, uh, Gore, who invented the Internet anyway. He's oh, right yeah, we forgot that. that. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But... Uh, it's an interesting concept. We'll see if you can pull it off. It says in short films, uh, the short films include a profile of a hang glider and a piece on working in a fish market. <laughs> One contributor talked about what it was like to have his phone number on a hacked Internet list of Paris Hilton's phone contacts. <laughs> Every half hour, Current promises a news update uh, using data from Google on news stories and most frequently searched for on the web. That sounds like that... Uh, that thing that uh, what was the uh, what was the piece they did on uh, Google uh, the, the fictitious uh, Google Google Net or Google Soft or something like that. Uh, we had the we oh, had the guy on the, the, uh, the Epic twenty uh, twenty Epic, exactly exactly yeah. that's what it sounds like to me. The advertising mm-hmm. show. We'll be back uh, next hour. We've got uh, Chuck Nyren advertising to baby boomers. Next hour, we also have for you Andy Borowitz and the wacky, wacky world of marketing. Andy, by the way, is talking about the Atkins diet thing. That kind uh, kind of went belly up, so to speak. Arg, arg, arg. The advertising show is brought to you by Advertising Age magazine, and you can visit online at adage.com. We invite you to visit our website. It's theadvertisingshow.com. It's got a lot of great stuff there, too. And uh, we'll see you next hour on The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsythe. It's a Big Radio Midgets production. Welcome to The Advertising Show, America's only radio program focusing on advertising, media, marketing, product development, branding, new media, sales and customer relations. Stay with us for entertaining marketing discussion and our special guest interview. Now, here are your hosts, Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe. On The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsythe being brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. Visit online at adage.com. Advertising shows a big radio midgets production. We'll continue our conversation with Chuck Nyron. Advertising to Baby Boomers is the book. And by the way, uh, you can go to his website. It is advertising to babyboomers.blogspot.com. That's, a, 
Okay. So he just couldn't get advertising to babyboomers.com. Obviously, there is a cyber squatter on that on that uh, site. Anyway, yeah. so uh, Chuck will be back. Uh, we've got uh, a little bit later on this hour, Andy Borowitz, and also the Wacky World of Marketing and uh, all that kind of good stuff, too. Clear Channel got a, got a big hit uh, in Washington. They have a 20-year contract with Washington, D.C., to coordinate ad sales on buses, operate bus shelters, and add transit uh, street uh, furniture. Hmm. Uh, and to add uh, and transit street furniture, I should say. In addition, they renew their contract. Uh, they're in uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. I didn't know that for uh, at the airport there for another 10 years and creating several indoor and outdoor advertising spaces there. That's good, that's, outdoor, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, very, yeah. very interesting. Well, you know, it's interesting. You're a big fan of the uh, the Man Show. You remember the Man Show? <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's on the air anymore, is it? Oh, right, but you remember Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, oh, yeah, it was a Jimmy great show. Kimmel. It was a wonderful show. Jimmy on ABC currently. Sure. Uh, his sidekick. Uh, you remember his sidekick, Adam Carolla? Yes, exactly. What's Adam up to? Well, there's speculation, and it's pretty much confirmed now, that Adam Carolla, drumroll please, will be replacing Howard Stern. On various stations, not not nationwide. They've been oh, really? speculating about this for some time now. Yeah, as we all know, it's been much talked about. Stern's leaving to go to satellite at the end of this year, so they're trying to figure out how to replace Howard Stern. And so what they're going to do is they're going to market by market, or at least in a variety of markets have uh, designated uh, individuals. Adam Carolla supposedly is taking over not only in L.A., which major market for him, but yeah. a, few, a few other West Coast uh, stations as well. And there has been speculation, although they say it's a joke, that uh, David Lee Roth was going to be taking over for Stern in New York City. But uh, mm-hmm. announcement now that Adam Carolla, and he's an old radio guy, isn't he, Ray? Uh, well, he was a jock, wasn't he? A video jock yeah. or something like that? That's what I thought yeah. they, before he got with Kemmel and did all that deal. Sure. But he, he now has been more recently, I guess, with, uh, who is it, that doctor. You know, he does the co-host of Love Line with uh, Dr. Uh, Drew. Dr. Drew, yeah, yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. So turn your head and cough, right? Exactly. <laughs> mm. Let go of those, please. <laughs> Very good. And yeah. is, how's Kimmel's show doing, though? Is, is it doing well? Good, there's spe- well, there's speculation that uh, mm-hmm. the speculation is the key, I guess, here, mm-hmm. that when uh, Nightline goes away here, that they're going to replace uh, Nightline with uh, something other than a news-originated uh, or- program. And if they do that... It could be uh, it could be doomsday for Kimmel. He's struggling in the ratings, as I understand it. That doesn't surprise me. It's it's yeah. it's a it's a kind of like a wannabe type show. Interesting. Yeah. Not bad though. Not bad at all. Uh, this is you're doing a lot of flying. Here are some things to uh, to uh, make note of when you're on the airplane. Okay, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that you had been doing, but it's a good thing you're not anymore, is applying fingernail polish. Okay, <laughs> this is not a good thing to do. Well. It says manners on planes are more important than others. It's a New York Times article this past week. Assaults on flyers, eyes, ears, and noses are increasing as passengers well, yeah. watch offensive DVDs on their laptop computers, or they eat food that they have brought on board, according to the Times. Uh, The common practices that are still taboo include applying fingernail polish, make a note of Mm -hmm. that, or reading over a seatmate's shoulder and hogging the bathroom. Okay? Mm. Those are two different things, of course. But, uh, yeah, I suppose it wouldn't be a good idea to bring a Limburger cheese sandwich on board uh, of the aircraft. And, you know, uh, you've experienced this. We both have. And I think it should have been included in the list there. Uh, you get close to your destination. You're, you're descending. You're, you're getting. You know, you, you hit the you hit the ground there. Hopefully, yeah. nice soft hitting. And then you stop. Uh, That's important and, too, by the right, way. Right, right. Yeah. And you taxi to the to the uh, gate, 
And then these women, not all women, but a few, they start spraying perfume on. It's uh-huh. like it, you know, come on. <laughs> uh, who asked for this? Wait, wait, wait row number 42. Well, there was a lady on an aircraft this past week on, on United Airlines that uh, she tried to open the door before the actual plane was parked at the gate. <laughs> it was still 4,000 feet in the air. She and, in a hurry. Uh, she was, yeah, she just wanted to get out. And the plane hadn't landed yet, so they wanted to talk with her when it finally did land. I didn't hear about that. And that was a miracle, what happened in Toronto. Yeah. Man alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, I think they will find out. Those those Airbuses are all computers, and uh, if something goes wrong with the computers, <laughs> you can't really fly the aircraft, you know? Uh, yeah. So but I was amazed that he was able to, to get those people out, though. You know, I had a chance to borrow a car recently that had, uh, uh, let's see, XM. And I was listening to a lot of different channels, but my favorite was the comedy channel. And it it really gives you little uh, snippets of uh, comedy albums, not an entire side, but, you know, five minutes, ten minutes of here and there. And I heard an old George Carlin routine, and he was doing it on uh, airlines. You would have liked this race since you're a pilot. And uh, he was talking about uh, how all the wordage on uh, airlines are, are totally uh, screwed up in that, in that yeah. they say that whenever you use pre-board, you can't pre-board. Either you're boarding or you're not boarding. And he talks about uh, nonstop flights. He, he hopes that all of his flights stop. <laughs> he, he doesn't, and that would be the Toronto uh, issue there. Exactly. They didn't stop. No, they tried. <laughs> Right. <laughs> they, they used a little bit too much runway. But, again, it was amazing what had happened there. Uh, Chuck Nyron's going to be with us here in just a couple of minutes, uh, author of Advertising to Baby Boomers. Is he going to interview us this time, or what are we going to do? He said he was last okay. hour, but I didn't hear any questions. Did you? Uh, no. So if he yeah. has a question, we'll allow him to ask that question of us. Sure. I didn't, uh, I didn't um, catch this until uh, this afternoon here. It says, but this is from uh, MSNBC Associated Press in the Boston Globe and the Times. It said that uh, in a move that is shaking up the athletic footwear and apparel industry, Germany's Adidas will acquire Massachusetts-based Reebok uh, in mm-hmm. a reported $3.8 billion deal. Uh, it's subject to relatively uh, regulatory approval, and it would, they would have about 20% of the market uh, to go mm-hmm. up against Nike. Isn't that interesting? Adidas buying that. Reebok. Yeah. How very interesting. It's strange. I mean, you know, uh, and by the way, in Europe, if you're ever over in Europe, you know what they call Adidas? What? Adidas. Oh, really? Yeah. Adidas. Yeah, it's strange. Okay. But, uh, you know, they so they buy their competition. Usually when you consolidate in an industry, they do it to rename it and rebrand it. But in this case, I think it'd be, uh, uh, it would be a mistake to do that. So they bought a competitor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I hope the word doesn't get too out that, you know, whether you buy Adidas or Reebok, you're buying the same thing, huh? Uh, now you will be, or, or, you know, in the near future you will be. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about marketing to baby boomers uh, today with Chuck, uh, children attending summer camp are usually out of the path of marketing pitches, but not anymore. Forever Wild was able to promote a walkie-talkie. It's from Hasbro and Nickelodeon Networks cartoons uh, and, uh, They by integrating them into camp activities. The uh, potentially lucrative market was once limited to cereal and soft drink companies giving away freebies. I think that's hmm. kind of cool. So they're they're hitting the kids at summer camp now. Very interesting. You know, you were mentioning kids. Uh, this study was just out by the uh, Pew Institute uh, that uh, 9 out of 10 teens online these days, uh, the majority are visiting the web at school, according to this particular report. The report released hmm. just this week found that 78% of online 12- to 17-year-olds have used the Internet at school. 
uh, 45% increase since 2000. And what, do they, what are they doing online, Ray? What is that? Six out of ten, or 57%, are researching colleges or other schools. Nothing like living in the moment, huh? Wow. I mean, you're looking at some other school while you're in school. That, that, that doesn't make sense. Well, I don't know either that or it's very efficient one, one way or the other. Can you say multitasking? Yeah, you're working on your college degree while you're still in high school. I think it's, I think it's actually kind of cool. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll see what Chuck has to say about uh, that and other things here on the Advertising Show. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And uh, back in just a minute with more, so stay with us. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Don't use Comet. Josephine, is there a better cleanser? Yuck. New Super Comet with Chlorinol 3. It gets out stains when other leading cleansers can't. Tough, greasy food stains like these. It's The Advertising Show with Ray Shillins and Brad Forsyth. Back uh, with a couple more segments here. Uh, Chuck Nyron out of Seattle, author of Advertising to Baby Boomers. Chuck, it is so good to have you on The Advertising Show. Welcome back. I'm having a great time. You know, you talk about me when uh, you're on the air, but I can't yell back. I That's have to right. answer some of these questions. That's the way it works. by design. That's <laughs> not accidental. Get your own That's... show, pal. <laughs> That's right. I, I will ask you some questions, too. But let's go back to what you were talking about. You talk, we were talking about Ogilvy, David mm-hmm. Ogilvy, and whether he right. knew my grandfather. I don't know if he knew my grandfather. I'm guessing he did because Rosser Reeves was... Uh, Ogilvy's brother-in-law and brought right. Ogilvy into advertising, or had a lot to do with it. And Rosser Re- and and my grandfather Sid Schwinn is one of Rosser Reeves' mentors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go back to my grandfather and see USP going on, uh, unique selling proposition. And uh, here, I'll tie this all into baby boomers and baby boomer creatives. Here's the question for you two. David Ogilvy is, we don't have to talk about who he was, but how old was he when he wrote his first ad? Oh, I'm going to say he was uh, 14. <laughs> I'll take advertising for 50. Yeah. I'll go to the double. Okay, he was, he was 39. 39. 39. And he didn't hit his stride until he was in his 50s. Oh, no, really? no, he didn't hit his stride for another five or ten years. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about creatives who have uh, who are older, and uh, they're not there anymore. They're mostly young, uh, young adults, and these guys are great. I love mm-hmm. them. I love working with tw- with kids in their twenties. So I shouldn't call them kids. I because I, I'm just as guilty. It's like calling uh, baby boomers gramps. Right. They're not kids. They're intelligent, creative people. I remember being 20 and having an ego the size of one of the larger moons of Jupiter. But uh, <laughs> there are, uh, if you're going to, you know, the best advertising is done by people who are advertising to themselves. You understand what I mean by that. You may not agree with it, but you understand what I mean. If you're in your 20s and you have products and you're targeting 
people in your 20s, you're going to come up with the best ideas, and you're mm-hmm. and, and it's going to there's going to be a zeitgeist there working, and you're going to be able to create the ads. If you're targeting baby boomers, uh, you're going to need older creatives, and I, I bring that up in my book. It's one of the major themes in my book. And oddly enough, Brad, did you get to listen to that? Uh, Thing I sent you from Marketplace no, I, on Friday. Okay. I, unfortunately, okay. no, okay. I didn't. Okay, it, only Market- because, and I don't understand that because I have all of the software of, to be able to view all video streaming, and I, well, I could not. Well, you're an old baby boomer, and you're just so incompetent when it comes to computers. <laughs> this is true. one of the great. Uh, this Can is one of the it? great myths of. Um, yeah, <laughs> baby boomers are the baby boomers are the largest demographic segment on the web, and they're all over it. Uh, Actually, Ray and I have been web savvy since the '90s, and we're yeah. kind of ahead of the curve on oh, that. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Now I missed my point. What was my point? Well, see, the mind is the first <laughs> thing to go. They say. You know what number no, two it's is? Gone. My mind. Uh, well, let's jump in here. Uh, you know, you were talking about making fun of old people. I, well, I had the yeah. chance to watch the Today Show. Matt Lauer earlier this past week was uh, featuring products for elderly drivers. He was showing those real long rear view mirrors that you can see, like that go from passenger side to the driver's side. I want one and of those. They had one of those uh, one of those magnified mirrors that go on the outside uh, of the uh, rear view mirror. They had these d- different devices for helping. Uh, elderly uh, drive, and I'm saying, if you need that much help, should you really even be on the road? But you know, the, the, the bigger <laughs> you're, question... you're not wrong about that. But it, but every little bit helps. Now, don't tell me that um, I a friend of mine bought a car recently, or didn't buy a car, but had a anyway was driving a car, mm. and uh, said to me, and this is a lady who's fifty, and she said to me, I can't see out of this car. Well, of course you can see out of the car. But, you know, when you're 20, you don't care about that. You're all over the place. You have this flexibility. You're jumping around. You're turning. That's true. Uh, and I'm 54 years old. I'm, you know, I remember being 20, and I remember finding, uh, I sort of found that uh, uh, doors were a pain in the neck, so I would just climb out the window. It was faster and cooler, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think I saw you at the uh, Indy 500 getting out of your car yeah. that way, but I thought you were just showing off. Uh, you know, uh, we, we were talking about, uh, I want, let's jump into something in your book here that I found okay. very interesting, was, which was the advice. What does that interesting you pre- mean? I want to know. Well, Does it's it just mean kind of a generic or you disagree with it? It's a generic transitional term. It means nothing. <laughs> I, I found a particular interest, the uh, advice that you uh, provided clients about ad agencies in particular. And you, you mentioned that uh, one of your questions that you pose is, does a client really need an agency? And if the short answer is if you think you need help, you probably do. But I want to jump into uh, uh, the, uh, the the line that you talk about there about trusting your ad agency, when you should and when you should not trust their judgment. And before you talk about that, I want to pose a question to you. If you're questioning your ad agency's judgment, perhaps as a client you might want to be questioning your own judgment for hiring an ad agency in the first place (laughs) that you can't rely on. I mean, well, what am I missing here, Chuck? Um, Okay. Two hypothetical, two imaginary scenarios here, Okay. I've got this product, Brad, and it's a really hot um, a, a video game, okay? And I'm coming to you, and you're going to pitch me, but I'm going to tell you how to. I'm going to tell you what I want, okay? I've got this hot video game. The teenagers and uh, 
young adults are going to go nutty over this game. This is a high-powered, fast video game. I want you to get, I want to make sure that your agency has, you know, someone really good in his early 20s who's really on top of these things to, uh, to spearhead this campaign. I want a, a creative director that is young. He doesn't have to be 20. He could be 32, but gosh. And I want some copywriters, and, I'm, and I want some uh, graphic artists that really can grasp this and put it on the web, make a really nice flash presentation, do whatever. Can you, you know, is, am, I, am I overstepping my bounds asking you, asking for that as a client or a potential client? Well, I would think that you would first uh, look at the client's experience oh, and yeah. ask yourself, okay. do they have experience in the, uh, reaching that particular Everything demographic? Everything be equal. If, I mean, I don't think that's too outrageous. If I had a product that I wanted to skew towards an older audience, mm-hmm. would it be, I mean, is it too much to ask of me to say, you know... I would like to make sure that we have a creative director and a creative team working on this, uh, on my project. That is, you know, like in their 40s and 50s. I mean, that's the, that's the, uh, uh, age group I want to reach and, uh, these people know what to do. They're not going to, uh, uh, insult, uh, people that age. They're not going to, uh, hey Chuck, conclusions. let me, let me interrupt you there for just Chuck. a minute. We've got to take another break here on the advertising show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth and we'll be back with Chuck in uh, just a moment. So stay with us. Make informed decisions about your company's advertising strategy. This is The Advertising Show. Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, things go better with Coca-Cola, things go better with Coke. Life is much more fun when you're refreshed. And Coke refreshes you best. It's the refreshing I think that's what is that the number one uh, the number one uh, soft drink brand correct Amanda mm-hmm. yeah Coca Cola and whoops that's cool we have a little flashy music bed I like that where did that come from it came from Cyber left field space. exactly right it's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth on the advertising show and uh, we're going to get back in our interview with uh, Chuck Nyron here in just a minute his book is called Advertising to Baby Boomers and uh, yeah baby boomers are out there no doubt about it and uh, I understand they have money I have none. But I understand they do. Yeah, me neither. Be, uh, before we get back uh, to our interview, let's uh, let's check in. Remember, we were talking before about newspapers having problems uh, with advertising and so on and so forth. Well, they mm-hmm. have more problems. Here's the uh, wacky world of marketing on the advertising show. And now it's time for the wacky world of marketing. Wacky world of marketing. Here's your host, Bruce Abbott. Our wacky update heads to Lawrence, Kansas, where AP reports sometimes the newspaper can be too effective. Chris Bryan couldn't believe it when she came home and saw strangers taking all of her stuff. The Lawrence, Kansas Journal World published an ad in the legal notices section regarding unclaimed property. The notice said the items would be thrown out if they weren't picked up from an apartment, but the address mistakenly listed Bryan's apartment. Bryan says she lost about $3,300 worth of stuff, including a TV, DVD, player and video games along with her seven-week-old kitten. An official with the paper says they've now reached a settlement with Brian but won't disclose the details. 
And that, my friends, is the wacky world of marketing. This program was written and produced by Bruce Abbott, executive producer of The Advertising Show. Join us next time when we uncover the strange, the bizarre, and unfortunately, the true wacky world of marketing. And we're back. Uh, Ray Shillings, Brad Forsyth here. Our final segment with Chuck Nyron, author of the book Advertising to uh, Baby Boomers. And uh, Chuck, welcome back to the show. Hi. Hello. Yeah, let me... Yeah. Let me well, then wait a minute. Hold, I... hold on. You're going to okay. interview yourself again. Hold on a second. We were just talking about uh, the judgment of ad agencies, and you were mentioning about how uh, an advertiser w- would not be too far-reaching to ask uh, their agency to have a person within the particular age demographic that your product may be targeting. Now, you mentioned earlier, uh, Chuck, that you're a fiction writer. I have a, a friend that is a, a female romance novelist, and uh, you know, as being a writer, and, and, if, and by the way, Ray, you and I both know this uh, lady's husband. I won't mention it on the air, but he's in the ad business. But mm-hmm. when I when I learned of her, she, it's the Halloquin uh, series of novels, of uh, romance novels. You're familiar with that sure. label. But uh, when I, you know, learned that she was a, a prolific writer in this genre, I immediately looked at her husband and thought, my goodness, this guy's a, <laughs> if he, where does she get this? Now, you being a fiction writer, you know that you don't have to be a murderer to write a murder novel. Uh, and so the question would become, uh, you know, do, do you have to be of the particular age group to know how to write or how to create advertising for that particular demographic that you're targeting? No, but I think that there are there are people who uh, there there are very few people, but there are people who can you know as they say sell ice to Eskimos. But if you're if if you want to put the odds in your favor and you're a client, I think that uh, especially because there are generational differences, that uh, it's a smart idea. It's just common sense. To go back to what I was talking about before and tying uh, into what you just brought up, uh, this is one of the major themes in my book. Uh, last Friday on Marketplace, a special report on marketing to baby boomers. Stuff I've heard over and over again, and uh, I'm not going to repeat it all, but at the end of it, the person, or the actually was the uh, interviewer, said uh, quoted one of the guests who was, uh, I guess... I think he was a Syracuse University professor of advertising or something. And he said, if, you know, if I were running an ad agency, I'd be out trying to find creatives in their 50s to swell the ranks of my creative team. Now, that's the first I have heard of that outside of my book. And it's just mm-hmm. something in the air, and I think that it's important. And I think that advertising agencies are um, – they're just – it makes them nervous. It makes them queasy. And I hope that they get the message. And I, and I think the only way they're going to get the message is if clients put pressure on them. So you're talking to someone who will probably, with that message, I probably will be as welcomed in advertising agencies as uh, Michael Moore was at the Republican convention. It's, well, uh, it's, it's shaking, you know, it, it's not what they want to hear. Yeah, well, and you'll have a. And you don't want to hear it either, there. Brad. Well, no, actually, I do, and uh, you you bring up some valid. I mean, you bring up a point. I don't know if it's valid or not. You bring up a point, and you make your point. And I want to I want to uh, shift gears here a little bit and move to an idea that everybody knows that they, they, we've all heard about the uh, senior citizens discount. Now, it would seem to me, Chuck, what was once a, a, an outstanding, a great 
merchandising idea, price incentive for an aging market on fixed incomes could uh, become a major erosion for profit margins as baby boomers will begin to, or already have in some cases, qualify for a senior citizen's discount. Should should retailers be rethinking this in 2005 and beyond? Boy, you're asking, that's, that's such a big question. I mean, just recently, you know, everyone's been debating the um, uh, employee discount thing that went on with cars and whether it was a good thing or not for the big three. Uh, what do you, let me ask you, what do you think about that? Uh, do you think, think that was a I, good I, idea? I think it was a good idea when the market was uh, not as uh, large of numbers as we're looking at today, and I think that... Uh, what and I think the whole idea was uh, it was all about fixed incomes and about uh, uh, stretching the dollar of the of the elderly, so to speak. And uh, and today, baby boomers are working on into later years. They're they're not retiring on fixed income. So I think if I'm a retailer, I'm I'm rethinking or I'm trying to figure out how to get off that uh, senior citizen discount or maybe move the age up. What do What do you think, Ray? Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it's a great idea. I think it should be continued. And I'll, I'll go ahead and let uh, Chuck answer that as well. So you disagreed with Brad? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, well, Brad, let's see. Let's go, let's go back to that employee. You got double-team me here? The, the, yeah, we're double-teaming you. <laughs> um, I haven't come – I don't have a, a real opinion on it other than the fact that to play devil's advocate, I can tell you right now that I'm never buying a car until – I get an employee discount until oh, it comes around again. Right. Okay? So right. I don't know if it's such a good thing. On the other well, side of it, it keeps a lot of people uh, uh, employed at the uh, in the factory. That's, what, that's the article I read. Well, that, the, uh, the downside on the dealership side is the right. same thing that happened to Ford when right. they when they did that. You know, they sold cars, sure, but they also took a hit. Uh, you know, you right. sell a bunch of cars but sell them for a whole bunch, a lot less. Right. So I'm up, I'm not going to have an opinion on that one, okay? I'll, uh, <laughs> well, with, with a grandfather by the name of Schwinn, of course you're not going to buy a car with <laughs> Unless it's on sale. Well, uh, yeah, right. Um, I That's don't good. know. I can tell you that you, what, what you just um, came up with, Brad, would very much scare AARP. Right. And, and the reason it would scare AARP is because they won't admit this, and uh, but th- but they're not attracting as many people as many baby boomers as they want to their organization and the and even though they'll say oh you're wrong you're wrong that's wrong they're they're getting as many people maybe even a little bit more but not in terms of percentage of baby boomers in other words they were anticipating many 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 more people to jump on the AARP bandwagon and one of the reasons they're not and the only I shouldn't say the only reason but what they're what research has has told us is that the reason baby boomers are joining AARP is solely because of the 15% discount on so many things. That's well, the only it, reason they want an AARP card. Right. They don't I want mean, it for th- anything else. Think about it. Uh, you know, with the word retired within your your name of your organization, how many you know people aren't retired to retire That's true, boy. Well, ages? Brad, so. I, you you got to get up. Uh, you're not up on this. AARP doesn't have any meaning anymore. It's not an acronym. You go to the AARP site, and you do not, you do not see anything that says uh, whatever it was. Well, now, I'm not saying that they're not trying to get off of. You know, they're, they're smart to try to get off of it. 
They may be smart to try to get off of it, but any baby boomer out there will tell you that AARP has the word retirement in it, and they would naturally assume, what do I have any interest in retirement uh, letter, you know, newsletters or information? When I'm not going to be retiring anytime soon, and I think there's a disconnect between yeah. who they're. I, I, I tend, to, I agree with you there, Brad. With that said, we have to take a nap shortly. By the way, okay. A nap? Yeah, it's nap time. I forgot it is nap time. <laughs> They'll be the bringing memory. our food by in a little while. Uh, advertising to baby boomers. Hey, Chuck, it's been great having you on the show. Go get the book. Thank you, gentlemen. And we've it's had always a... too quick. Oh, absolutely. We'll oh, be back. Yeah. We'll be back with more. Uh, we've got the one final segment for you here. Stick around. Make your advertising dollars work smarter. You're listening to The Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. Hot dogs, armor hot dogs. What kinds of kids eat armor hot dogs? Fat kids, skinny kids, kids who climb on rocks. It's the Advertising Show with Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth. And uh, one final segment, say uh, thanks again to uh, Chuck for being with us uh, this week. We've got uh, Brian Steinberg joining us next week here on the Advertising Show. Brian is the advertising columnist with the Wall Street Journal. And we've uh, we've had Brian on the show before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll, it'll be great to get him back here as well. So we're looking forward right. to that. Um, yeah, it's time for a hot dog. Hot dog and a Coke. Or something like that. Hey, you know, I think uh, how Chuck could make a lot of money, and we're not going to tell him this, even though he's probably listening. Uh, but you and I are going to get together and come up with a scheme in order to get yourself removed from the AARP mailing list for all people that turn fifty. And uh, <laughs> I think exactly when you turn fifty, you get yeah. on that list, yeah. and then they keep hitting you as a reminder that you're getting old. Right. And, uh, you know, that, that I got to, you know, you and I were talking the, towards the end of last segment and you and I are in agreement mm-hmm. and we are right at the edge of just entering into the, uh, uh 50 plus market. And, um, right. you know, I don't know about you, but I had no interest whatsoever. Oh, I get uh, stuff and, from them all the time and it goes in the wastebasket. I don't, well, I don't and I'm telling you that. If there were a way to get removed, I mean, if you could flip a switch and say, quit sending me this. I mean, yeah. you talk about the money that would be saved in paper alone and postage because they're sending you that. You have no interest in joining. Uh, I don't know. I it's think a, AARP does have an image uh, problem, though. Uh, sure they I, do. You know, it's really, it's kind of like the... Kind of like the uh, handicap sticker on a <laughs> on the window. You know, I've always wondered why they have those hanging there, obscuring the person's view if they're handicapped to begin with. Are we trying to, you know, make it more difficult? <laughs> That's right. A big placard there hanging from the rearview mirror. That's for sure. No. Well, yeah. uh, hey, we have uh, before we move on here. We've got. Well, well let's do it right now. Uh, the Atkins diet had its day. Went away. He came back. No, wait. He died. No, he came back. Then he died, and then the program really took off. Everybody was doing the Atkins thing, mm-hmm. and it appears that that's not working so good anymore. You know, butter and meat and, uh, and the bacon. potato chips. Exactly, yeah. or not exactly. So it finally caught up to him. Uh, Andy Borowitz has his thoughts on that as well. Hi, this is Andy Borowitz for The Advertising Show. And now, here's this week's feature from the Borowitz Report. 
Two days after filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, Atkins Nutritionals, Inc. said this past week that although its low-carb diet had lost its luster, the company was introducing what it called a low-cash diet, guaranteed to melt those pounds away. At Atkins headquarters, company spokesperson Dalton Pankow said the company's financial woes had inspired the new low-cash diet, which he said was based on a very simple principle. Essentially, once you're on the diet, you don't eat anything that costs money. As a result, Mr. Pankow explained, the diet is low on carbs, but it's also low on protein and pretty much everything else. Showing a newly reconfigured Atkins food pyramid, Mr. Pankow said that dieters on the new low-cash weight loss program would eat mainly free ketchup and mustard packets, foraged from fast food restaurants like McDonald's and Burger King. And at the end of the first week, to celebrate, you have a packet of relish for dessert, Mr. Pankow added. While dietitians studying Atkins' newest fad diet said that the low-cash regimen might help dieters lose weight in the short run, Wall Street questioned how the program could help return Atkins to financial health, since the new diet does not involve any money-changing hands. That's the part we're still trying to figure out, Mr. Pankow told reporters. In the meantime, would any of you care for a delicious ice cube? This is Andy Borowitz, and this has been a special edition of the Borowitz Report from the Advertising Show. To read more reports or to receive daily email alerts, log on to BorowitzReport.com. This is Andy Borowitz saying, keep it fake, baby. And of course, if you don't want the Atkins cash diet, you can go with the regular diet, the Rain Brand diet, which is... Two-page book. Two, uh, and the first page is... First page says, eat less. And the second page... We would say exercise more. The end. And then, okay. And you close the book and mm-hmm. you get on get on with your business. Okay. What a good deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we talked about uh, Target and how good Target was doing with uh, with branding themselves. Um, apparently, and I've not seen any of these. Uh, the August back to school campaigns uh, for Walmart is giving ad watchers the first look at the creative inclinations of the new Walmart store's chief marketing officer. His name is John Fleming. So far. The ads are a departure from the mega retailer's earlier creative, featuring more name brand references, uh, more humor, f- fewer visuals of store interiors, suggestive perhaps of Fleming's long tenure as a marketing executive at rival Target. Hmm. They hired him away from Target. So uh, I, I, have you seen any of those ads? I, I have not, and that uh, Walmart does all of their advertising in-house, or the vast majority of it. So uh, little rock. I have not seen them. Do you, do you, have you seen them? No, I haven't either. No. Yeah. All I think about Walmart is, is that little smiley face guy well, who bounces around and cuts prices. That's it. Yeah, and they've got a great, you know, low, uh, always low price prices, always, I guess is their slogan. Mm-hmm. And I, I've always thought they do a, a great job and no need to change anything at this point. But, you know, mm-hmm. speaking of changing, there's an article a few weeks ago in uh, Advertising Age about uh, uh, BMW searching for a new ad agency after 10, 12 years with Fallon doing an outstanding job for BMW and that uh, the uh, president of Fallon said, uh, you want an agency review? Fine. I'm out. I don't want to participate. You go find yourself a new agency. And then yet Fallon has done an outstanding job mm-hmm. of marketing uh, BMW. And, you know, I, I say hats off to anybody that's got enough uh, whatever it takes to be able to tell your client, hey, we think we've done a great job yeah. for you. You want to go search for another agency? Go ahead, but count me out. Yeah. What would you think of that? Absolutely. I think that's if uh, most agencies don't have that option to do that, but Fallon well, does. So there you yeah. go. Yeah. Wow. I thought it was uh, pretty pretty uh, courageous on their part to do that. I don't know. I, I, and, you know, of course, they failed to mention, and nobody gets this, 
there's a new cre- uh, uh, director, uh, CMO, uh, a new cr- uh, marketing director with uh, BMW, and that's the reason why they've had a change there. They, you oh, know, really? a, a new CMO comes aboard. Mm-hmm. They can't have the old ad agency. No, they need no. to find their own ad agency. Right. So they fire one that's done a great job, and now they're looking at uh, uh, Boguski out of uh, out of Florida, who's done a great job for many, many mm-hmm. Cooper which is a BMW product, but they're going to have to resign that business if they were to get hired. And guess who the uh, the new CMO for BMW, guess where he used to work? Uh, let me think. Uh, Mini Cooper? You got it. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Wow. Mm-hmm. So this could be... Uh... <laughs> Well, you know, life, life life goes on. It's going to be it's going to be uh, it, it'll be good. Uh, Fallon's done a great job. It's unfortunate, but uh, you know, you know, they're going to do a good job as well for them sure. as well. So this is good. Uh, it's been fun. We invite you to go to the website, theadvertisingshow.com, and uh, we of course uh, archive these shows. Uh, in a condensed version, so you can listen to them many times throughout the week, share them with a friend or, or whatever you'd like. It's called theadvertisingshow.com. That's where you go. Next week, it's Brian Steinberg, who is the advertising columnist at the Wall Street Journal. He'll join us for a couple of segments, and uh, we've had uh, a good time today. The Advertising Show brought to you by Advertising Age magazine. You can visit uh, them online at adage.com. It's Ray Shillings and Brad Forsyth, and uh, The Advertising Show is a big radio midgets production. We will talk to you next week.